0: Sports photographer Bob Allen spends a lot of time up high in the mountains perfecting his craft. Bob shares his background in the sport and safety recommendations for protective gear to help us lengthen our days and years enjoying the slopes. I moved back to Bozeman in 1990 and ski photography, I mean, there's an excuse to ski, call it work, something, I don't know. In retrospect, ski photography is the dumbest thing ever. When you intertwine passion and work to that degree, you compromise both, and you know it. It was mostly tourism-based stuff. I never really did that much specific product stuff, so it was all more stock-generated. Back when there was a stock, in, you know, you could shoot it and sell it later. You know, I'd work with you know Juro and Atomic, and you know, I'd work with some ski companies and you know gear companies, but it was more on that kind of production schedule of outfitting your talent and shooting stuff and hoping to sell it after the fact. When I got out of the Navy, I uh, got a job waiting tables at Whiskey Jacks at Big Sky and skied that winter and learned to telly that winter and got back into Nordic a little bit, but I've always been an alpine skier. And uh, it was fun to, you know, be a ski bum that year and it kind of ruined my life for, you know, what being. The the fantasy of pulling off being a ski bum again. I mean, the the progression of the sport and you know ski design and it's changed. You know how we access, how we recreate in the mountains. It's become way easier, way more fun, safer. You know, it's uh, just kind of the evolution of the technology has you know made it safer, more fun. You know what I've seen also is awareness of. That you know, it, it is a dangerous sport. You know, you're 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 skiing fast through the trees, and if your goggles fog and you don't see quite right and hit a tree and you're in the hospital, it's a game life-changing experience. And so, it, you know, some of the subtle things and safety gear, you know, live to ski another day. I'm I'm like the jerk on the chairlift at Big Sky. You know, if the topic comes around to you know, they're be in awe of the mountain, riding up swift current and looking at the bowl like, for the first time or wh- whatever and ask them, you know, anybody wearing knee pads. The, the response is always kind of interesting. Oh, I'm, we're not going to do anything extreme or you know, that's not going to, you know, I don't have to worry about that. I usually do it far enough ahead so I have a time to say, well, here's, here's my story that I'm going to inflict upon you. My cousins grew up in uh, First Fargo and then the the Twin Cities out of Minneapolis, and they would take a family uh, ski trip once a year, and sometimes they came out the big sky a few times, but this particular year they were in steamboat, and my cousin who was, I think, in high school age, uh, he was snowboarding at the time, and they went to steamboat, and he was siding across a blue groomer run, clipped a rock with his knee, and they basically picked pieces of his kneecap out of his groin and down his lower leg because all the tin, everything recoiled, and it was a super messy thing, and it changed his life, you know, and how he's got a bunch of screws, and they had the patty cake, his knee pad, his kneecap back together, and kind of put them back together best they could. And had he been wearing knee pads, it might have been a bruise or ouch, but it wouldn't be a life-changing you know, thing. And, you know, when the people are the chairlift and they're kind of squirming and feeling, you know, feeling your knees and they feel kind of naked sitting out there. The fall of 85, got, just got a job at Big Sky. I'm gonna to need to learn, you know, I can't just Alpine ski, I need to learn. And he sold me my first Tele gear and gave me the only Tele lessons I had was like on a shop floor. And so I bought skis and he goes, you need knee pads. And he sold me knee pads in 85. So I've pretty much worn knee pads for 35 years. One of the benefits, besides just protection, is that warm knees are happy knees. Warm knees are resilient knees. Warm knees, you know, that that is part of it too. So it's not only just the physical protection, it's the warmth part of knee pads. And I prefer ones that strap on versus pull on, because you can take them on and off without having to take your ski boots off. And they're comfortable to go uphill, downhill. I put them on when I'm at the car, and I don't take them off until I get back to the car and don't ever think about it again remember going to Big Sky, you know, early 90s, and there was some journalist in town, and I, I was at the car, you know, getting ready to go, and I had my helmet there and hat, and it's like, uh, and I let the mental arithmetic you do about being cool or safe or whatever. I was like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna wear my helmet. And I wore a hat, I crash like once a year, you know, I don't, and I, I crashed, and I rang my bell. I hit my head so fucking hard. And it's like vanity over safety, you know, never again. Especially, you know, people that are getting into the sport. You know, what do you you need? You know, and it's expensive sport. You know, what it was back then, you know, when I was growing up, you know, the season pass was 25 bucks. My point is, you know, what do you need? Uh, Helmets, you know, it's a piece of gear that, you know, your future depends on. You not hooking an edge or fall, hitting a tree you know and there's a, especially when you're learning, there's a lot of things that are just ingrained that just comes from doing it a lot, you know and you know if you can't herringbone or sidestep without slipping off the trail you know and whacking yourself, you know there's a lot of there's a, having a helmet on lets you focus on the things you need to focus on and not worry about not hitting your head or something. The great thing is that there's so much education opportunities through, you know, BSF and, you know, quality, like really quality instruction, whether it's Nordic or, you know, freestyle, you know, just lessons. You know, having a a compatible partner that pushes you but doesn't push you to be stupid out of just bravado, that pushes progression in a safe way. Bridger, not so much, but I mean, it's steep and there's trees and there's cliffs, but like a big sky, there's all kinds of opportunities to slide for life. You, you can't crash. Self-arresting is, you don't go up Lone Peak if you can't visualize and practice self-arresting. And you know, what does that mean? You tip over and start sliding. You need that nanosecond that you realize that you no longer have your edges in control. You need to grab your pole and stick it in the snow and drag it like your life depends on it. Because if you pick up any momentum, you're not gonna stop later. The other, the other piece you know, is practice with your, your beacon. It's, uh, you can't be fast enough at that. You know, Make make it a, you know, at the family Christmas treasure hunt, you know, you gotta find your clues using, you know, make a game out of doing it because it's being, you know, the difference between fluent in a minute or two and a half hour of floundering and your buddy's dead. You know, there's a fine line at the, where you're a dork if you're being overprotective or over safe. You know, the skill set of safety has to be at the forefront of, you know, skiing train like that because you know if you want a long skiing career, you, know, you can't have crashes. You can't end up getting hurt. You can't. You just can't. I'm gonna have like a boys' day of ripping. I wear elbow pads up there, so I wear knee pads, hip, tailbone, elbow pads, and a helmet. And that, I don't feel that that is overdressed at Big Sky. If you're visiting a place or some place you haven't been before. Don't necessarily go where it's not tracked, you know. Especially like a big sky, super dangerous place for advanced skiers. If it snows an inch, everything looks the same. All the rocks that have never I've never seen covered in 35 years are still sitting there the way they always are, you know. Under one inch of snow, you know, people go motoring into stuff up there, and you know, tumbling in shale, knees, elbows, you know, tumble, helmet. But, you know, just a base layer that's warm keeps me warm, you know, makes you want to, you know, stay out longer, you know, you get the value out of your day, you know, not sitting in the lodge or not, you know, taking another skin lap or whatever. You know, the, the footprint of recreation is the challenge of the future. Electric buses that, you know, people honor and make it, you know, the model of the world. I don't know how you fix Big Sky. Um, the early days of the bus, when the bus first went in, I used to ride that thing all the time, and it'd be like four seats to myself. You have your boot bag and your laptop, and you know. And now you got a would be a full bus, but that's that's what they're made for, you know. And being able to get the Big Sky without the stress of it's stressful. So transportation, you know, locally is, you know, how do we fix that? How do how do we change our mindset? I hope that we navigate the growth with some self-reflection and kindness and, you know, ratchet back to aggro. You, know, you get road rage going to Bridger to go skiing, you know, and that translates into lift lines and, you know, how we treat each other and be challenged. Visit BobAllenImages.com for ski photography and 360 tour of Big Sky Resort and come back to thelastbestski.com for more interviews and the scoop on skiing Southwest Montana. Until next time, happy trails.